Senior Life Journeys presents Carol Howell's Let's Talk Dementia, a podcast designed to help caregivers find knowledge, power, hope, and smiles in their dementia caregiving journey. Welcome to Let's Talk Dementia. Here is your host, best-selling author, Carol Howell. Welcome to Let's Talk Dementia. I am Carol Howell, your host. Today, we're going to talk about hospitalization and when we should consider it for our loved ones who are having extreme difficulties with their dementia. That is the story that's going on in the life of a family that I'm working with. Their mom has been diagnosed with frontotemporal lobe dementia, which is also called Pick's disease. Their life changed dramatically with her diagnosis. Um, they can look back on life and know that life changed sometime months and maybe even years before the diagnosis, but um, certainly it began to explain things when that diagnosis came through. Just as a reminder, frontotemporal lobe dementia is the frontal lobe, that area behind the forehead, the temporal lobe, that area around your ears. It causes us to lose that filter to know what's appropriate and inappropriate, things we would never say or do in front of other people, like you don't curse in Sunday school, you just don't do that, and you don't go naked in Walmart. Well, we're not going to get into what goes on at Walmart and what people do and don't do, but you get my drift. So it is interesting the things that people with frontal temporal lobe dementia will do, the problems that they have. That's just the beginning of the problems. But you know you can have frontal temporal lobe dementia for quite some time and not have problems with your memory. And we're going to talk about that on our next episode, working with two families right now who have frontal temporal lobe dementia in their world. But this particular family, um, their mom was just became extremely combative. She became dangerous. She became angry. She became violent. She was all those negative words you can think of. That was her. And um, even hurting her children, her adult children, lashing out at them and, and um, trying to hurt them. Trying to hurt herself. That's when we got concerned, when she tried to do several things that would have, could potentially have been fatal for her. We don't take that lightly. Now, in our everyday world of dementia caregiving, we do not drug our people. I'm going to tell you, nothing makes me more upset than to go into community and just see people sitting there in a wheelchair, um, totally out of it. Now, that can happen in the last days of someone's life, for sure. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking when you visit a community ongoing and the same people are in that state of being. You have to wonder if they're on something that maybe they should not be on. We don't need to be drugging and using antipsychotics with our folks with dementia if there is anything else we can do. But... When we get into the situation, as I just described, especially when the individual is trying to harm themselves or harm others, right, then we have to become very proactive in seeing what we can do to help. When this happened, um, the police actually became involved. It was just, oh, it was just a big sad deal for everybody. My heart hurt for the person who has the disease and for her sweet family. Oh my goodness, um, I did not have to deal with anything like that with my mama or with Uncle Ernie. So I was blessed in that way. So I feel so deeply for folks who um, are experiencing this. And they by far are not the only ones. It happens a lot. So I said to her, we do need to consider 
a psychiatric hospital. Now, I'm not too hip on the psychiatric ward at your general hospital there, um, you know, the one in your town. The psychiatric ward, I have never heard of that being a good outcome for folks. Now, it may have to be the first step. In some parts of the world, they have to go there first to be referred to an actual psychiatric hospital where all they do is deal with psychiatric issues. And if that's the case, that's the case. And that is what happened with this, this lady. She spent a few days in the local hospital. I'm pretty much sure it was a humongous big old disaster and everything that could go wrong between her and the hospital and them dropping the ball, well, it happened. That is another story, but in the midst of that story, I will stop and say that you need to be aware of what is going on with your loved one when they go to the hospital. Do not think you can take them to the hospital, whether it's the psychiatric ward or just the ward to have, you know, their tonsils taken out. I don't know. You know, having their hip replacement, whatever. Don't think you can just take someone with dementia to the hospital and them get the care they're going to need because they will not. The folks there are not trained to work with folks who have dementia. No, they, they, I'm telling you, they don't know the first thing about how to interact with someone with dementia. And if you leave them there, your loved one there, you know they come in all the time and ask 5,000 questions. What is your name? What is your date of birth? Um, are you in pain? You know, all these questions that your loved one probably cannot answer. And if they do answer, heck, they may give them the wrong answer. So you need to be there to advocate for them. If you can't be, then you may have to dig deep and pay somebody to help sit in on the hours that you can't be there. Especially if you're taking someone to a psychiatric ward, you need to be following up. You need to know what they're doing. Are they giving her medicine? Um, what medicine is she being given? And that needs to be followed up with someone else that you trust. Maybe the um, neurologist that you're working with who may not be on staff at that hospital, but you can contact and say, hey, mom's in the hospital and they've just put her on tramadol or, or whatever. Um, what do you think about that? And have this other person trained individual's brain working on your behalf. And the family I'm working with did that beautifully, and I worked with them as closely as I could. But it did wind up she was transferred to a psychiatric hospital. I was very glad for them about that. Now, that doesn't sound like something you should be glad about, does it? Um, she had to be taken by police, yeah, escorted, because she was a risk to hurt herself and to hurt someone else. But she got there, and um, last I heard, is doing well, and make, they're making progress. They took her off every medicine, and they're trying to figure out what is best for her. To which I say, hallelujah, I like that. So you have to know that sometimes we do have to hospitalize. Sometimes we do have to go to a psychiatric ward to get things stabilized. Her, the plan the family has, and I'm very pleased for them, is as soon as she is released from there, she will go directly to her new apartment in the memory care of the local assisted living near the family. She's not going to go home first, y'all. Now, she thinks that, and we're going to tell her that because it brings her peace. But when it's time for her to leave, she will be told she has to go to a rehab for a while and to, until she gets completely well, and then she can go home. And you know what? That may be exactly what happens. She may go to memory care and do really well and can go home. But it may not be what happens, and she may need to stay there for the remainder of her days. But what we want to do in that process is to give her hope. And that is the reason that story is being used. 
I do want to caution you that when you move your folks to assisted living or memory care and they improve, that you really think hard about that idea of taking them home because it's probably not a good idea because now they've adjusted and they're doing well. And you think, well, mom's doing good. She could probably live back in her apartment. But then you move them again and they've got to readjust and then it goes downhill. And then what do you have to do? Well, they got to move again and you got to go through all that again and they've got to go through it again. It's just a bad deal. So if you get them there and they're thriving, they're doing better. Or even if they're not thriving, but they're doing well, they're eating, they're participating in life to some degree or the other, they're clean, they're taken care of. Think about that before you move folks out. Just probably not your best idea. Well, I hope that gives you something to think about, and you'll, and you'll remember that if hospitalization becomes part of your world for your loved one with dementia. Blessings and smiles on your caregiving journey. A special thank you to our sponsors, National Association of Veterans and Families, 800-352-2919 or www.navf.org. Contact them for information regarding benefits for the veteran or the spouse of the veteran. Tell them Carol sent you. National Association of Veterans and Families. They speak veteran, so you don't have to. HD Imports, located in Rock Hill, South Carolina, wonderful mechanics for the repair and maintenance of Honda, Hyundai, Acura, Toyota, and Kia. HD Imports, 803-985-0985. I would like to take a special moment and thank you for being a part of Let's Talk Dementia. You can find all of our resources at our website, letstalkdementia.org. Our podcasts, our videos, our books, our blogs, and a form where you can contact me are all right there on the website. I look forward to hearing from you. Blessings and smiles.